2: Right now on Fast, we're just days away from one of the biggest weeks for earnings this quarter. Combined $8 trillion in market cap set to report. The names of traders are watching and how you should trade them. Plus, the great rate reversal yields on the 10-year falling to their lowest level since May. And the chart master says they have even further to fall. We dive into the charts to find out what is behind that call. And later, Bitcoin's big bounce of crypto jumping more than 8% this week. Ether doing even better, up more than 20% for its best week since August. Uh, but is the bottom in for the crypto bellwethers or Bitcoin ballers here with some answers. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money live from the NASDAQ MarketSite. On the desk tonight, Steve Grosso, Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, and Julie Beal of Kane Anderson Rudnick. And we start off with a countdown to a mega week for mega caps. Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Meta all on deck to report earnings next week as markets look to round out a rare up month this year. Even with today's pullback, the Nasdaq is up more than 7% in July on pace for its best month since November of 2020. The S&P and Dow both tracking for their best months of the year. So, will next week's reports give traders relief or should we brace for a relapse? Grasso, what do you think? I mean, estimates have come down a lot.
1: IS IT TOO EASY FOR ME TO SAY WHEREVER RATES GO, THAT'S WHERE STOCKS ARE GOING TO GO? I I SHOULD SAY THE INVERSE. INVERSE, SORRY. OKAY. SO IF RATES CONTINUE TO GO LOWER, Mm -hmm. I THINK TECH WILL CONTINUE TO MOVE HIGHER. BUT WHEN YOU LOOK AT THE PERFORMANCE LEVEL, APPLE HAS OUTPERFORMED THE REST OF THE GROUP ON A MONTHLY, ON A YEARLY, ON EVERYTHING THAT YOU COULD POSSIBLY IMAGINE. AND THEY'RE THE ONLY ONES THAT DON'T RELY ON AD REVENUE. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's a services business. I think people had counted them out, thought the stock was going much lower. Rates go lower, tech goes higher.
2: Uh, but they are a uh, business reliant on the consumer and consumer spending. Um, and there's, a, I mean, Tim, where do you stand on on an Apple, for instance? We know that the consumer, ha- that we have all sorts of data points. Consumers consumer is still spending, right? AXP, American Express, told us the consumer is spending like mm-hmm. Matt. They're spending on travel. They're spending on airlines. Seagate yesterday said that, consumers are spending, but they're spending on other things, not technology related things that we're parts of. I don't know. Where do you fall on this, Tim?
0: Well, and and we heard that a little bit from from Target and from Walmart or, mm-hmm. earlier uh, as as in, into the last earnings season. But ultimately, I, I think the consumer has yet to roll over. Uh, I think the the strength in Apple is as much, though, about flight to quality as much as you've seen a flight to quality in treasuries. And, and so I, I'm not you know, I'm not uh, equating the move higher in Apple here to that that Apple suddenly is seeing a fresh surge for their products. I think we're, we really do want to hear what mega cap tech has got to say. I've been talking about this for a long time, but rallying 22 percent or so into resistance, into earnings. This setup for tech is kind of the opposite of what banks had. In other words, banks uh, had a terrible sell off into their numbers and it gave them a decent place to rally. I, I think like the, the S&P from Friday's actually last Thursday's intraday low to where we opened this morning was seven and a half percent in that move i mean and, and we know that the nasdaq and the semis have done that much more in five days so uh, a lot of this is as steve said related to to yields if you told me that yields have topped the dollar has topped crude has topped um, i do think you have a tailwind for mega cap tech but at some point we have to pay the piper here getty up let's listen to it next week and I, I i don't think apple has any reason to tell you that they're seeing off-the-cuff demand
2: just to clarify tim before i move on to the other traders pay the piper meaning i mean if if the fed says 75 next week as many expect then the markets. That, I mean, I would think that's expected, right? So the Rally. markets chug along. I.
0: Yeah, I think we've I, you know pay the piper means I. I think actually mega cap tech needs to needs to do their part uh, and mm. and move more to the downside than they have right. here. And I think Apple, you know, 12% off of all time highs doesn't do it for me.
2: Yeah, it's not a good setup going into earnings for any stock, any sector, under the sun, Julie. For you to run up into earnings when there are so many question marks about forward guidance.
3: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right and it's it's not just Apple, there's been so many concerns about ad tech spending. You know, I think a lot about the larger companies like the Googles and the Facebooks. You know, at the peak of venture capital investing, 50% of every dollar that went into a venture investment went to Google and Facebook. So that is going away. That that's you know, the sucking sound you hear is a lot of that revenue being pulled back. And while I think layoffs are very indicative of business confidence. I also think ad spend is very, very important to understanding the confidence of most businesses. So I'll definitely be paying attention to that.
2: Um, Brian, do you think, oh, I called you Brian. You're not in trouble, by the way. That just came out for some reason. BK, um, (laughs) (laughs) are you worried about, I mean, ad spending, ad spending in particular for this sector, because Snap seems to sort of send the alarm bells, but Snap is a very different business from, say, an alphabet or uh, a meta. I mean, Snap sure. is much more exposed to TikTok and what TikTok may be sucking away, to use Julie's terms, um, away from, from Snap specifically.
4: Yeah, sure. You're going to get a broader read from something like an alphabet. Absolutely. I mean, they have multiple different properties that they can tell you they can that you're going to be able to find out about. So, yeah, we'll get a much better read. But, but I'm not sure that... I agree with much that's been said, except for with Tim saying that running up into earnings is a bad thing. I do. I think that is a bad thing. But what we saw today is yields going lower and stocks going lower. And to me, that was because the PMI really rolled over both in Europe and in the U.S. And so when we say the consumer has yet to roll over, does that mean it's going to roll over that that mean this is the best that we get and the mm-hmm. consumer's going to roll over and we have another leg lower I think that's what bonds and stocks are trying to tell you today so yeah it's about earnings sort of but it's about forward guidance and it's about the feds forward guidance it doesn't matter if they come out with 75 basis points everybody expects that if they tell you that they're going to continue to raise rates into what looks like a pretty severe slowdown mm-hmm. that's not going to be good for anybody
2: well that's I, that's not good. But in, and interestingly, or maybe and and not a good setup for stocks, Europe is is in the same sort of boat. I mean the ECB is doing that, and right. it is doing that into a recession, what looks yeah. like and a recession right
1: now. I, I think that you know we can all it, it's all it's probably everything under the sun. It was PMIs, but I think it was more SNAP that took the legs out of the market. I know longer term it's PMI. And the truth is the market was rallying going into maybe a lighter cpi number next month that's what i think the market was reacting to before you get the pmi before you get the snap because if you have seen peak inflation you've seen peak hawk- hawkishness
2: possibly but i mean we've we've talked about this before right, but and, and that's my point that's, yeah okay go ahead bk
4: that's a yeah that that's my point is that if we uh, if if the market is pricing in peak mm-hmm. hawkishness and the fed comes out and is hawkish then you've got a problem. That's my right, point. Yeah. we got to figure right. out what's priced into the market already and then what, what we're looking forward, what, what's going forward. So that, that's exactly my point. It's already peak hawkishness is priced in.
2: Yeah, and we saw the silver lining to the miss in services PMI today was that input prices rose at their slowest pace since January. But still, we talked about this before. Peak is nice. But so where does it go from here, Tim? And so the possibility that the Fed is still hawkish and that investor expectations and, and Fed expectations are, are still misaligned, that's pretty decently high
0: so so chunky moves by global central banks in the last two weeks um, Mm -hmm. also should have investors concerned that central banks could move too far too fast Uh, and 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 look that PMI let me say my two cents on it too. the services side of that that's the biggest part of this uh, economy was printed a 47 I mean that is recessionary let's be clear And the composite of 47 and a half that is recessionary so um, I I think it tells you that there is a place in the world right now where people are very concerned that there could be policy error and I'm not sure that neutral rates for the Fed um, is anywhere close to where we are. So this is kind of where we meet in the middle. And just just to note, and I know I don't want to you know, get too far past because Carter's going to have some great charts talking about yields, but Fed Fund Futures, as you go from March to April in 23, so we're only about six months away from that uh, or so, you, you're actually seeing rates come down on the Fed yeah. Fund Futures expectations. Not a lot, but a little bit. Not moving higher, you're actually coming down.
2: Right. Um, Meantime, U.S. Treasury yields extended uh, the retreat today, the 10-year rate falling to its lowest level since May. The chart master says there's even more room to run to the downside. Carter Worth of Worth Charting joins us now. Carter, what are you looking at?
5: Sure, I mean, we're in that nice spot where lower yields are giving a lift to equities. uh, And yet, as we go lower, and I think we go lower, it's gonna not be the elixir that it has been. Let's look at a few charts. Mm -hmm. So looking at, of course, price first um, this is the TLT the iShares 20 plus year treasury bond ETF and it has all the elements of a reversal formation It doesn't matter whether you call it a head and shoulders but the sequencing is changing and so if we were to say where might this be headed the second chart attempts that there's a downtrend line it's well defined and I think we're going to head up to around 123 on TLT which closed out at 118 119 this week so what does that imply for the ten-year yield? Well, let's look two charts. The first is, of course, this is ten-year yields, U.S. ten-year Treasury yields, and it is the inverse. We know that uh, rates actually peaked at three point five over a month ago, the sixteenth of June, and this reversal formation is fairly well defined as well. So where might we be headed? If an STLT is headed to that downtrend line, well. The 150 day moving average comes into play at around 2.5%. And my hunch is we probably are headed a bit lower than that.
2: A bit lower than that. Carter, thanks. I'll see you in a few minutes on OA. All right, so here is the question, and we sort of touched on this, Julie. Um, If we know that rates are going down, let's assume Carter's right and rates are headed lower. They are headed lower from here. Do stocks find a floor because of that, or is the reason why the rates are going lower? will that eventually pull stocks down?
3: Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, the fundamentals are gonna matter. I know they haven't for a long time, but I really do believe eventually they start to matter. And rates can be as low as you want, but if businesses are really under pressure, that's typically what drives the the stocks. So I, I would say it's much more important to have an understanding of the drivers of the business. And if those are changing, if they're getting harder, You know, what is the stability to margins? You know we have a lot of cost pressure it's great if we've peaked on inflation but if it stays persistently high that's not really that great right it's just a, a math thing to, have, to be on a peak number but if we're still at five six seven eight percent inflation that's still brutally high so I, I think the fundamentals are what really matters in terms of driving the stocks and if we see weakened demand it's going to be a problem yeah how do you invest
2: grasso in a sub two and a half percent world seeing that the last two and a half percent world we saw maybe a long, maybe two times ago, was like a very different world.
1: So, so I have been Mr. Recession. I've yeah. been Mr. Orr. Yes. But the problem is, I do think that you could thread the needle with a rally going into a lighter CPI number next month. Okay. Then I think the market, just to be a little too cute on the market, I think the market sells off on margins, on compression, on everything that we already know about. Then I think we rally after the midterm elections. So I do think that we actually have a rally come Uh, November into December. But when you're investing in this, I think you have to go, people have equated large cap tech with safety. So I think you stay to a large extent with your core in names that are value tech, And then you go outside of that and you go into the value complex. But if you believe in a recession Mm -hmm. and it's coming, then you have to go safety and you want to invest in utilities and things that can provide you with some sort of a safety floor. But don't kid yourself. Everything gets
0: hit.
2: Okay, so there is a difference between a world in which we are heading to sub two and a half percent and the world in which uh, we've hit two and a half, sub two and a half percent going forward. Tim, I mean, it is. Is that there is. market, right, yeah. that bottom sort of, is that the signal to be, you know what, I'm, I'm in on stocks again?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, I, look, I, I would just go back to where we are in markets relative to the all-time high, where we are in terms of the, the duration of what has been a bear market and, and, and vis-a-vis where uh, I think we still have to root out inflation and not even close. Um, we also have to forget, and I think we all want this deep down, even though we don't, uh, the, the Fed put is gone. So while the long end may be, you know, getting ahead of the Fed and and, and implying that um, you have some maybe deflationary trends, you certainly have some control over inflation, uh, I I don't think it ultimately tells you where we are going here. So um, I don't feel as if we've had a chance to really price in. I don't think the cycle of this market move also, I've mentioned this a couple of times, when you've had uh, inflation-inspired recessions in our history, one would be, 2000, but you really have to go back because we didn't have a whole lot then, but it's really more 70s and then early 80s and mid 80s. um, Those are much longer cycles and market pullbacks. Uh, Not pulling for this. Um, And I, you know, arguably with how efficient markets have become, proliferation of information and overly transparent Fed, you might have some of these moves more truncated, but we just haven't seen it. We haven't heard from any of big cap tech talking about enterprise pullback. Um, I kind of want to hear that. And I think we have to hear it.
2: All right. Coming up, we'll hear from a slew of non-tech companies next week, too. What stocks made our traders watch list? We've got the names ahead. But first, the crypto coaster continues. Check out these moves this month in Bitcoin. Will the rally continue? The Bitcoin baller is here to break it all down. You're watching Fast Money Live from the Nasdaq Market site in Times Square. Back right after this.
3: What does it mean to be rich?
2: Welcome back to Fast Money. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in the red today despite a recent bounce that's brought the market cap of the space back above 1 trillion dollars. Ether posting its best week since August of 2021. I spoke with FTX's with Sam Bankman-Fried on Closing Bell about the recent volatility in the space. I think this is going to be one of the turning points. I mean, we need to be moving towards a world in which, you know, there is transparency especially around customer assets. Um and, you know, in which I, uh, the credit sector is able to manage risk appropriately and responsibly. You know, I think that we've done a lot of work on risk engines for FTX and, and our exchange. I think we might see some of that start to seep into the uh, OTC lending space as well. What do you think happens, BK? I mean, have we? are things going to be markedly different? I mean, I, I was sort of, you know, asking him, for instance, like what mm-hmm. BlockFi's valuation could be in the future? Could it ever recoup its full valuation if lending standards change dramatically or requirements change dramatically? What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think lending standards are going to change dramatically. I think um, I don't know if BlockFi is actually going to be the one uh, that wins this race anymore. There's plenty of people that I've been seeing jumping into this space that are more traditional lenders um, with more traditional risk management uh, and more traditional kind of institutional players that are coming into it. So there's an awful lot of competition coming into the lending space now that a comp- that these companies have gone bankrupt. So I do think there's going to be a lot of changes here. Um, but what's interesting is what you've seen is this was a centralized financial crisis. It was CFI, mm-hmm. it wasn't DeFi. All the companies that went bankrupt or, got that, uh, or that got bailouts were centralized corporations. All the DeFi protocols still running, no problem.
2: So what, what do you make of the, the bounce that we've seen so far in crypto?
4: So, so what's interesting is what, you know, what Sam's done and a couple other people have done, as you've seen, these companies have either gotten a bailout or gone into bankruptcy and critically their assets have been frozen so that means that takes supply off the market so what everybody's afraid of is these companies are going to have to dump assets indiscriminately but now those assets are frozen for who knows how long if we go back all the way to 2013 at mount gox right that was quite a while ago those assets are just coming out of the legal system at this point in time so those had the assets in the bankrupt companies are probably locked up for five to ten years easily and so it was like a beach ball underwater you had this big pop higher now the question is where else are the dead bodies and if we use something like the 2008 crisis you know this was kind of our lehman moment here in crypto Mm -hmm. but lehman wasn't the bottom it took another six months for the market to bottom and that's kind of my base case i think as we get some of these dead bodies floating to the top things leak lower
2: very vivid. <laughs> uh, coming up tonight at 6 p.m., CNBC's special Politics and Profit will explore the big issues in Washington that could have a direct impact on your money, from inflation and in the Fed to funding for chips and climate change to the key issues in the midterms, with a, with a great lineup, including Council of Economic Advisors Chair Cecilia Roos and business leaders in solar, EVs, oil, semis, and more. But first, on Fast. It's not just big tech on the calendar next week. We've got a Trader's Choice and the other names you should be watching. More Fast Money in two. Welcome back to Fast Money. Aside from big tech earnings next week, we'll also get results from uh, many, many other major companies. McDonald's, Boeing, Pfizer, Exxon Mobil, and more set to report. So it's time for Trader's Choice. Which non-tech names are on your radar? Julie.
3: I'm really interested in the travel and leisure segment, um, Hilton, et cetera. I'm curious to see what they're talking about in terms of business travel. We know that it's been a fantastic vacation season, you know, YOLO as far as I can see. But I'm curious because business travel really is the driver of a lot of profitability for airlines and certainly for hotel. You need to fill those rooms Monday to Thursday, you know, in the dead of March. And so I'm curious to see what that looks like going forward, if we're ever going to get back to where we were or if margins for that are permanently impaired. Hmm. BK, how about you?
4: Well, for me, it's it's really housing and Whirlpool's reporting next week. So, you know, the Fed has consistently said that housing prices are too darn high. So I don't want to fight the Fed, and I happen to think that the Fed beatings will continue until housing cracks. And we haven't seen that yet. So I want to see Whirlpool, If people are starting to pull back. Again, what the Fed doesn't want, folks like Steve making, you know, Elderberry sorbet in his built-in ice cream maker. That's what they don't want. So I want to make. make I want to see that stop. I
1: had no idea Steve leesman was making elderberry in his basement. That's, that's, a, that's yeah. a
2: great food for thought.
4: I've never heard of it, but it sounds absolutely delicious. It was delicious. delicious. Thank you for that last time I was at your house, Steve.
2: All right, Tim Seymour. I can't remember if you are still in whirlpool. You're in whirlpool at some point. But anyway, what are you watching?
0: I'm. I'm, I'm I'm not in Whirlpool. I have no idea what elderberries are, and I don't want them. Um, and, and and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Visa. I'm look. I'm looking. At, I bet. I'm looking at Visa. I'm looking at GM. I'm looking at Chevron. Um, And when I look at Visa, the payment processors obviously are going to give us some insight into spending trends. I think they're going to tell you the spending trends are absolutely fine, and I think it's more in line with some of the the things that Julie's looking at as it gets into what the spend is, what hospitality is, what they're going out there and doing these days. Uh, I do think they're going to have major FX issues, and I think uh, they're probably not going to give you a guide in anything but constant currency FX. So expect to hear that, uh, even though that's not really what we're worried about. You're back to pre-pandemic valuations in Visa. MasterCard, very interesting.
2: Steve?
1: I'm looking for, uh, actually, I wanted to see the outperformers in each of these different groups. So I wanted an industrial, that's Mm -hmm. Honeywell. I wanted a consumer name, it's McDonald's. And because what we've heard from uh, Verizon and AT&T has been so negative, I wanted to hear from T-Mobile. Okay. So for Honeywell, their aerospace unit has done extremely well. They're presenting at a conference in August. And I've never seen a company schedule a presentation when they have something negative to say. So I think they're going to continue to outperform there. I want to see how the economy is doing in their eyes. McDonald's increased prices 6%. Mm-hmm. How are they dealing with food inflation? How are they dealing with wage inflation? How is this going to progress down the, down the pike for, for them? And what are they going to do during the recession? T-Mobile up 14% year to date. Verizon down 14%, AT&T down 25%. I want to see what they are doing right. there a storied stock.
2: All right. Wow. Time goes fast. Time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Brian Kelly.
4: Uh, for me, it's sell triple Qs. Yields go lower, stocks go lower.
3: Julie Beal. Uh, I'm trading into Teledyne. You know, I think defense spending should be a good defense place to be. Tim Seymour.
0: At the end of the day, four and a half times EBITDA on GM. And I think they're going to reaffirm very strong numbers and efficiency. And even margins is something that I want to own, even in a difficult environment. We'll hear a little bit about supply chain as well. Steve. McDonald's, best chart in the space.
2: All right. That does it for us. Don't go anywhere. Options Action is up next. This podcast is supported by FedEx.